Hello everyone and welcome to the 99 Yards podcast. I'm your host for the day, Adam Barton, and today I'm joined by Duncan Terry and Gridiron and Wines, Sharon O'Dusty. How are you guys today? Yeah, really good, thanks. I'm on holiday from work, so I'm just up in the Scottish Islands for the week. Oh, I joined the club, although I'm not, not up in Scotland, I'm heading to Somerset tomorrow. How about you, Duncan? Well, I'm off next week. Does that count for anything? <laughs> yeah, I guess it does. Like regular year. <laughs> Today we're continuing our preview of each division, finishing off the AFC North with the Steelers and the Mighty Ravens. We'll have interviews from the franchise, franchise tag podcasts Freddie Hall and Ben Mortimer from, from Touchdown Trips. First, let's get to Freddie Hall and see what he had to say. Welcome to the podcast, Freddie Hall from the Franchise Tag podcast to talk Pittsburgh Steelers. How's it going? Good, thanks, Duncan. How have you been? You've been all right during the pandemic? Yeah, all good. We're stuck indoors a bit up here in Scotland still, but uh, we're getting by. Yeah, I can imagine. I finally got back to work uh, two weeks ago last week. I work in a pub, so yeah, it's back to normal. Not not that normal, but you know, some normality creeping in. Oh, that must be uh, interesting times in the pubs, I tell you. Mm. Um, so Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, let's start at the beginning. Pittsburgh Steelers in 2019, they uh, they finished second in the AFC North with an 8-8 eight eight record. And without their starting quarterback, that's not bad, right? I honestly think that Mike Tomlin didn't get talked enough about, about it being coach of the year. Um, it, it, it was amazing for us that we got eight and eight. I think it completely flatters the situation that we had in Pittsburgh. Um, as we all know, uh, Ben Roethlisberger goes down against the Seahawks in week two. And then uh, we you know, chop and change between Mason Rudolph and Devlin Hodges or Duck Hodges, as we all know him by. But um I think the 8-8 eight eight is so complimentary to what the defence did in 2019 because the offence was not running on all cylinders. Lots of injuries on that side of the ball, not just to Roethlisberger, but to uh, Smith-Schuster, Juju Smith-Schuster, to James Connor, several of the O-linemen. Um, that defence was really the driving force behind the 8-8 eight eight season. Oh, I, was, I was really impressed. You know, it was, uh, it was maybe ride the, uh, the defence a little bit. It was, it was, you know, a decent season. And then this year, looking at free agency, uh, it's been relatively quiet. Uh, you've got Eric Ebron, uh, Derek Watts joined his brother, Steve Wisniewski on the on the offensive line. But, uh, you know, not some huge ins. Uh, the, the big names that strike me are, are leaving. Uh, Javon Hargrave, who I think is an excellent player, and Artie Burns. Uh, he wasn't, what, he, was he not that successful maybe at corner since he was drafted? Uh, how do you feel about free agency? I thought going the, the people that left, you know, people like Raymond Foster, who's retired, that's going to be a bit of a loss with that veteran presence on the offensive line. Javon Hargrave, a great defensive player and one of our good guys for a very long time. Um, I, I think it, when you look at it, we have one of the lowest cap spaces in the league and uh, we're about 28th in the league. And we just ca- we simply can't keep all these guys. We've got, you know, yeah. Bud Dupree got franchise tag this year. We've got to look at his contract soon. We've got TJ Watt. The fifth year option got picked up on him this year. We've got to look at that money in the future. I think, unfortunately, with how this works in the NFL is you have to lose some of these guys who were all right. I mean, Artie Burns for me didn't light the world on fire. I think we still got, you know, people like Steve Nelson, Mike Hilton, obviously Joe Hayden's our top cornerback. Um, I think we, we could afford to let him go. Um, yeah. People like Mark Barron let go, you know, older guy, Rosie Nix, a, a, a true stealer for a very long time. But again, a bit on the older side, Javon Hargrave is the only notable one, but I would, I, I am sad to see go really, but 
I think we still we got uh, people like Chris Wormley and we traded him for him and that's still a good replacement. I mean, hopefully Stefan Tuit is injury free for the whole of um, 2020 and, and that'll be a force back on the defense. But this defense is stacked. We can lose one or two guys, but I think we've just had to look forward to the future about the young guys we have and paying them. These contracts all creep up. I know Devin Bush's contract's a while away, but that's going to creep up at some point. Um, but Bud Dupree and TJ Watt, they're the... They're the two immediate guys that, that, you know, money needs to talk for them guys. Now, for me, I would be okay with losing Bud Dupree. Um, he had a brilliant season last year, but it was sort of a, we were waiting for that season to happen. And it did happen last year and it was phenomenal. But, it, you know, it is, wait, we've got to wait and see what happens this year with that. TJ Watt, for me, is is just a force to be reckoned with. Easily the best Watt brother now at the minute. Um, probably the best player on our defence as well. Um he's definitely a guy that I want to keep for a stealer for his, the entirety of his career. If he plays at that level for the entirety of it. Um, Eric Ebron is an interesting one to bring in. Um, we, people thought we spent a little bit too much on him. Um, his total value is contracts 12 million, which is actually really good value for one of the better tight ends. Cause if you look at the contracts, of, of all the tight ends in the league, Ebron is quite high, but all of your, incredible tight ends the George Kittles of the world Darren Waller Mark Andrews they're all on rookie deals still so they're all quite quite cheap um still whereas Eric Ebron is a little bit more expensive and pricey I suppose but he is better than Vance McDonald that we have at the minute he had a brilliant season in 2018 he was incredible then um not as good as 2019 but in the right offense he has the capability to be able to hopefully produce that again. And obviously if Ben Roethlisberger stays in the centre for the whole year, Ebron is going to benefit from that. He's uh, he's become more of a sort of a red zone threat kind of guy rather than a high number of yards kind of guy. And I, I, I'm skipping ahead a little, but while we're on it, um, receivers wise, you've got a lot of receivers who, who might be good. They've got a lot, a heck of a lot of potential people like, uh, Dion Kane, he uh, he was really really great in college. Uh, I really liked Ryan Switzer, but aside from that, you know, James Washington and Deontay Johnson, you've invested quite a lot in them. Um, there's still a lot of potential in in the receiving core, which might not be realised. Would, would you say that was fair? I think that's fair. I think you, the ultimate word that you just used in that is the might. They might be really good, and I think they can be really good, but it is still so up in the air a little bit. I wrote an article about a month ago, a month and a half ago, saying that Juju Smith-Fuster really needs to show this year that he's an elite receiver. Now, it it went down okay, the article, but I did have a lot of backlash saying, you know, he's still young. You're having a go at this young guy who's really talented. He's been he's been good for us. Like, it, just because if he doesn't do well in 2020 doesn't mean his career is over at the age of what? I think it'll be 23, 24, maybe. Um, I, I don't mean that. I think Juju Smith-Schuster is a very, very good wide receiver. But the best wide receivers out there are elite all the time. DeAndre Hopkins in, in Houston had rubbish quarterbacks before Deshaun Watson. Really and, he was, and he was elite. He was absolutely elite. And a lot of these guys have got over adversity. And I don't think Smith-Schuster did last year. Granted, he had his injuries. I admit that. But he does need to. Pr- this year is his time to prove. Hopefully, if everyone stays fit, that he can be an elite wide receiver. Um, Deontay Johnson, I think he is. I listened to a podcast earlier that was saying, you know, he's he's the exact same size and weight as Antonio Brown. And if he can be anything like Antonio Brown for us playing, maybe not in the off field capacity, 
But if he can be anything like it on the field that AB was for us, then we, we're going to hit very nicely with Deontay Johnson. And I think he he did very well last year. I was very pleased with Johnson. Uh, James Washington, I, I'm jury's out on him for me a little bit. I think he's decent. I think he's useful for getting them short yardage. I He can get down the field as well. I, I'm i just a bit unsure. With Ebron in now, we've drafted Chase Claypool. I'm sure we're going to talk about the draft in a moment. Deontay Johnson, Juju Smith-Schuster, um, the wide receiver you said that you're excited about. Where where are the receptions going to come for James Washington? And they're, they're, it's it's We're almost having excess, um, which is good. It's a nice position to be in, to have a lot of talented players on, on the offense, on the, especially a wide receiver. But it's got you got to give somewhere somewhere it's going to give. And unfortunately, that might be James Washington that doesn't get the look so much this year. But wide receiving in in our general core of it all in the league, I think is very, very good. I think we have very good wide receivers across the board. We just don't have like some teams have where they have an elite guy or maybe even two elite guys and then everyone else. No, that makes perfect sense to me. And I mean, the law of averages suggests that with all that raw talent, one of them's going or one or two are going to step up and be be superstars. So uh, for you, you know, I hope that happens. Um, you mentioned some some sort of cap issues. Twenty eighth in the league, you said. Um, obviously, this first round draft pick was spent on Minka Fitzpatrick. Uh, was he resigned? Uh, I don't believe he has been extended yet. I don't think his contract. Uh, I think it might come up next year. I believe Um, I think he's still on his rookie deal with us, which is obviously brilliant at the minute. But again, I think he's a guy whose contract's going to come up very soon. I I, I think I'm pretty sure. So I think he he was drafted, what, three years ago now? First round pick, pick up the fifth year option. So maybe two years. Um, It's imperative we keep him as well at the moment. I mean, maybe if you if it is a year away or two years away, maybe we have to assess the situation of Minka Fitzpatrick. But if he plays anything like he did last year, and I think that was only a taste of what Minka Fitzpatrick can do for this Pittsburgh Steelers team. Absolutely. He's uh, been a superstar so far. And of course, with him being the first draft pick, it was uh, quite a small draft class for you. And I must admit, and it's bad of me, but I've only really familiar with two of the names, Chase Claypool at receiver and Axe Highsmith at linebacker. Is there, are you excited about the class? Is there anyone else that sticks out for you? Well, I, I'm not one who watches a lot of college sports, admittedly. So I've not, I don't know all of the, I didn't know all their names coming off the, of the, um, of the picks. I have a lot of friends who are very into their college games. It was very much when we watched it, when I watched it, I watched it amongst friends who were informing me whether that they were good or whatnot. And then obviously I've now researched a, a couple of them a little bit, especially Chase Claypool and Anthony McFarland. Um, Claypool is, is being, his comp is Calvin Johnson, which if he hasn't anything like a Calvin Johnson career, then we have hit jackpot on him i i doubt that's going to happen i think calvin johnson is the only calvin johnson (laughs) but um yeah four years at notre dame 150 receptions 2159 yards 19 touchdowns um this guy's just big he is a big wide receiver who can get down the field i mean some think he can play tight end i've banged the drum that maybe we should take a a page out of the Baltimore playbook from last season of using that three tight end offense with Claypool sort of being that third tight end. Now, so I heard someone say today that Derek Watt could be in that combination. I think though Claypool would be better there. I think if you had Vance McDonald, Eric Ebron, Chase Claypool set up, much like the the 2019 Mark Andrews, Nick Boyle, Hayden Hurst set up, that could be money. Um, he has strong hands. He's really good one-on-one. His radius, I think he's got an 80-inch radius with his arms, which 
I admit, I don't know if that's great, but 80 inches sounds like a lot of inches. So it must be pretty, <laughs> it must be a pretty wide wingspan. Um, he's, a, he's an athlete and he's got that ability to go deep. It, it's going to be really exciting seeing him in this uh, offense. And Steelers do well with drafting wide receivers. We historically draft some really good guys um, in later rounds. We've um, we've never had a first round pick wide receiver in the last 10 years. Um, and, you know, some of the guys that we've picked in the lower rounds, AB, Emmanuel Sanders, uh, Matavis Bryant, Juju, James Washington, Deion Johnson, they've been really good. They've been very good for us. Anthony McFarland, I think is exciting. Um, I like him over uh, Jalen Samuel. I'm not a massive Jalen Samuel fan. I'm a fan of Benny Snell, but... I think he's still got a lot to prove. Again, McFarland has a lot to prove. I believe he came out of Maryland. Um, he's got that ability to be a really good running back. In, but he's a, a little bit smaller, I believe. But he has got that pace. Um, Highsmith, I've not seen much about. Um, I doubt we get much playing time since our linebacking core is pretty, pretty solid. Um, but again, he's a guy that maybe will come through and, and do pretty well in that position. Um, I thought we need, with this draft, I we had six picks, three offensive, three defensive. I think we were just sealing up positions and we did just that. You know, we, we went guard and safety and defensive tackle with Kevin Dotson, Antoine Brooks, Union, Carlos Davis. We're just sealing up in positions we're putting, replacing the people that have gone, maybe not with like for like talent, but we have the talent already there. We've just filled the holes and, yeah. and uh, yeah. filled the gaps there. Yeah. Obviously, going into the season, the huge question mark is on Big Ben and his his fitness, his uh, you know ability at his uh, in the later stage of career, and even perhaps his love for the game and his passion. The backups are, are Rudolph, Hodges, and Lynch. Um, but of course, then you've got a really strong offensive line protecting him with three players I would call elite. Um, you know, how do you feel about Big Ben and, and the makeup of the offense and, and his future? I think offensively we're 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 pretty good. I'm I'm very confident with this offensive line. I think they're uh, though a little bit older, they are still elite and in the top five conversation of offensive lines in in the league. Big Ben wise, um, I have every confidence in Big Ben, but I feel like it is coming towards the end. In my opinion, this team it should be targeting at least the AFC Championship this year. If I, I'd be happy with a, a playoff win. I think we will get to the playoffs, but if we lose the first game, I wouldn't be happy with that. If we get a playoff win, I would be. Big Ben needs to prove it this year. Needs to. I think this is the last hurrah for him, to be honest with you. I don't think squad-wise it can get any better um, for Big Ben. I think if we hit ceiling this year with with it all, that's as good as it's going to be. And then it might be time for us to move on from Big Ben. It was a big injury. It'll be interesting to see him coming back. Um, I think he's motivated. I think he'll come back with a vengeance and be ready to you know, come after some of these teams. I was in the camp that I wanted a quarterback with that second pick, in, uh, second round pick instead of Chase Claypool. But we can look to the future with that. There are quarterbacks out there. We've seen it this year in free agency and also with the drafts as well. So I love Big Ben, but it, it is it is time to move on or start planning to move on in my mind. Absolutely. absolutely. And what, what you're hearing about him is, is, is his injury fully healed? Yeah, it seems like he's he's good to go. It seems like he's he's ready to play. Um, I think he's re-energized. Obviously, Jay Glazer had them uh, mean comments a couple of months ago saying he's never seen Ben worked out and he only drinks beer and eats chocolate or, or whatnot. But um, I, I, the, the guy's a veteran. He knows how to play this game. He knows how to play in the NFL. And he is... 
is a top quarterback on its day. Um, if he gets injured again, though, as severe as he did this year, I think that's going to be time up for Ben. Um, but hopefully he doesn't. Hopefully he balls out and he's got... He's got a great offense to work with here. There's no excuse. He's got a great offensive line and some great receivers and good tight ends and and good running backs as well. This this offense is set to to make a good deep playoff run. Makes it'd be good to see him back. And he's on the right diet by the sounds of it. A couple of my favorite things. Huh? <laughs> um, and yeah. then, just lastly, uh, the defense looks so strong with a lot of big names and a lot of rushing ability with with Watt, with uh, Hay- Haywood. Uh, Bush and Dupree um, but what about the secondary is, it, is there still strength in depth there uh, well secondary I I think people like Devin Bush um, in that linebacker in you know position there is just phenomenal he's my favorite player on the Steelers at the minute he's his leadership he's slotted into that Ryan Shazier ability when we lost Shazier there was immediate change in that defense you saw it straight away it wasn't the same and it was that leadership and that influential ability and I think Devin Bush brings that back Minka Fitzpatrick incredible if you can play anything like he did last year we we are very happy that we didn't have the first round uh, first round pick this year because we got Minka Joe Hayden admittedly ages are not on his side either but um he had five interceptions last year he's still you know getting to the top of his game now it'll be good to see him uh produce as well this year and we have some decent cornerbacks in uh steve nelson and mike hilton i think they still have something to prove but i still think they have got a lot about them definitely vince williams um a, a steady linebacker as well he's going to be good for us uh, terrell edmonds um a little bit jury out on him. I'd like to see him progress to the next level. I feel like his brother Tremaine at the Bills has. Um, it'll be, you know, he was a first round pick. I think he needs to start proving it sooner rather than later. Yeah, he was a surprise first round pick, wasn't he? I did not see that coming. Yeah, I, I think he's just he's just not got to that level just yet. And, and but the, the the problem is when you get someone like Minka in who plays in that. I know he's a free safety and uh, Edmonds a strong safety. Or if, it, if it's vice versa, I can't remember now. Um, it, it, it sort of overshadows it, doesn't yeah. it? It's it, you have someone that good performing, you it suddenly highlights how maybe you might be underperforming, maybe. Absolutely, yeah. If you get that tandem going, like you had uh, old Thomas Cam Chancellor, for example, you're you're looking really strong. Oh yeah, yeah. So before you go, uh, you must tell us what's coming up on the franchise tag podcast. Brilliant. So uh, we've been doing a little bit like you guys doing, talking to fans of uh, teams. We've just had an episode released yesterday with the L.A. Chargers and Indianapolis Colts. And the next one coming up is talking about Detroit Lions and Arizona Cardinals. Um, You can follow the Franchise Tag podcast on all social media platforms on iTunes, Spotify. And we have a website as well. Um, We are doing a giveaway uh, for the Five Yard Rush Fantasy um, FFCC, the Fantasy Football Challenge Cup. Um, which is a best ball fantasy um, league that is being set up. Um, we are going to be advertising on our social media tonight. So obviously follow the stuff that's on social media. Maybe you'll get a chance to compete in some uh, fantasy football next season, which should be good fun. I'm also starting a project very soon with the Brawl Network that are based in America. Um, we're starting a podcast called uh, Football UK Brawl. Um, and that is a podcast alongside uh, Nia, who uh, NFL with Nia um, is a, her social media, um, a real great lady who knows so much about NFL and she gets great guests on her podcast. So I'm really, really excited to collab with her as well. Hey, well, Freddie, thank you very much for taking the time to speak to us and good luck for the season ahead. 
hopefully it will be a AFC Championship or 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 not or not a bust. Hopefully, or maybe even a Super Bowl. But uh, hopefully, it will go all well for the Steelers. All I want is is no injuries, and we need to overcome the Browns because they are a a dangerous threat. The Cleveland Browns, unfortunately. So then, Duncan, how are you feeling about the uh, the Steelers' chances this season? I, I hear you have a bit of a hot take on them. <laughs> it's burning hot. It's 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 not that exciting, but I've been excited to say it. Now, yeah, Freddie talked about how they are in quote cap hell, um, and I can see that they've got such a strong defence. Uh, all yeah, nearly all of them were first round picks, uh, so I can see how that's happened. But Ben Roethlisberger is about to be paid thirty three and a half million pounds. Uh, no, he's going to take. He's, he's he's getting that. You know, there's no question there. But after this season. That could well be it for Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, he signed a two-year contract a year before last, so this will be the final year of it, I would assume, uh, unless I'm wildly mistaken. So they've done. They've they've got an awesome team to just drop a quarterback into. Um, now we've seen your, your Patrick Mahomes last deep into the draft. Uh, I've, I've got no illusions that the Steelers going to be drafted number one, and in the uh, in, in the uh, Lawrence stakes, but uh, there's a quite a few nice quarterbacks maybe coming out this year. You know, you've got Justin Fields, who knows you know, where, where he might go. They've got a great team to just drop a rookie quarterback into, uh, and then they've got uh, 33 million pounds, you know, and, and uh, I think they can go from strength to strength very, very easily. You know, a little bit of stress now, but they've got a great team to, to build around. What, what, what do you guys think? I, yeah, I agree. I mean, my thoughts for them this season was they're definitely going to get into the playoffs I think they're almost like a lock for it um they've got Ben back their defense is much improved um you know they have the emergence of TJ Watt Minka Fitzpatrick um they also recently added Stephen Nelson and Devin Bush um and I just also you have the thing that an extra team will make it in from each conference I and mean, I think the Steelers have been pretty unlucky the past couple of seasons not to make it so I think yeah you're right with what you're saying I think they have a great great setup up there and if this is, is Ben's last year then I think yeah if they get a great quarterback in the draft from next year then they can just slot him right in. I have to say I I tend to agree with you on on Roethlisberger in terms of but more in terms of the fact that we don't know what he'll be he was he missed a, a huge chunk of last season and he's always been uh, pretty injury prone we, we don't know if he's going to be able to come back as strong as he was and I, I hadn't realized he had quite quite such a, a big cap hit the I do have a couple other questions on on the offensive side of do they have a the the um, talent that they need at wide receiver and running back and obviously those are, are key positions they're, they're set with a good offensive line and good tight ends Roethlisberger going on pass form is is definitely a good enough and and we'll get them over the line with how good their their defense was last year but Looking at James Conner and Judy Smith-Schuster, are they good enough to to lead the team and create enough uh, enough yardage for the the, the defense to to get by? Yeah, that was one of the other interesting points I wanted to make uh, when I spoke to Freddie was that their wide receiver core is they've got some real raw talent which is mm. unrealized. Uh, Deontay Johnson looks good. Judy Smith-Schuster is good. Um, but, you know, there's question marks over whether he's consistent enough. Uh, and they just brought in Chase Claypool uh, with their first pick uh, in the draft in the, I believe it was the second round. <laughs> uh, 
But uh, and and he, he compared him physically to to, to Megatron, and he, he's, I'm under no illusions he's going to be <laughs> Megatron. But they've got a lot of unrealized talent, which could be good. And the same might be said running back. James Connor's the feature back there, uh, but you've also got Jalen Samuels, Benny Snell, Trey Edmonds uh, backing him up. So you've got a lot of names, and all they need is a couple of them to just perform uh, to support Smith Schuster, and. Uh, yeah, Eric Ebron is now there at tight end. He's a touchdown machine in the red zone. Um, if if Roethlisberger can stay fit, I don't see why their lack of an absolute star would hold them back. I have to say that I think this is probably the closest thing that we have in the moment and, and in recent years to a, a dream team on on defense between Cameron Hayward, Stephon Tuitt, TJ Watt, uh, Devin Bush, uh, Joe Hayden, Minka Fitzpatrick, and I mean, you were saying about the cap hell, Duncan, but that's that is one one hell of a team, and it's there's a reason that they were very close to um, making the play playoffs, even with Mason Rudolph um, mm-hmm. at quarterback last season. Absolutely, they're eight and eight, uh, and uh, all those first round picks on on the defense are really they're really really great picks. They haven't they haven't missed on on any of them. Um, maybe maybe cornerback a little weak, but uh, as you say, they've just got Stephen Nelson, uh, Mike Hilton looks. Pretty decent. Uh, they want Terrell Edmonds to be the guy they wanted him to be in the first round to partner Fitzpatrick, but I, I don't see very many weaknesses. I, there's just something about the Steelers as well. They're like, I think they're just quite a, a likable team. Like, you don't mind seeing them do well. I mean, maybe that's just coming from somebody that supports a team in the NFC West, so we don't really come across them that much, but I'm sure they've got big rivalries. Um, but I don't know. There's just oh, something they really like. <laughs> there's just there's just like something really likable about them and from my point of view and I, I like to see them do well and I think we've kind of missed a, 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 like that sort of team in the playoffs the past couple of years so I'm looking forward to seeing what they do well I'd, I'd have to say they're they're like the the Patriots before the before the Patriots <laughs> the fact that of how many trophies they've had they're 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 too good to be likable really is well certainly on on historical basis and uh, fortunately it's a good twelve years since they've won a Super Bowl but uh, but yeah that's that's uh, an, an intra divisional uh, viewpoint I guess hmm. as a team I I can't support them because uh, because of uh, the Super Bowl from two thousand five but they've got some players <laughs> I really really like. Uh, especially on the offensive line. David DeCastro, for me, has been one of the best guards in the league for, what, 10 years now? And uh, Villanueva, is, uh, he's, he's a fantastic left tackle and has actually a converted defensive uh, lineman. So I've followed their careers very closely. Um, so I like the players uh, as opposed to the team. That's what I meant. I didn't mean I like the team. <laughs> like, I am very much a Seahawks fan, guys. Don't worry about that. I think that they have a lot of good talent. In, in that team to build some momentum and they're quite the players are likable to watch yeah, and enjoyable to watch so i'm joined now by ben mortimer from touchdown trips and i'm glad to say he's a a fellow ravens fan like myself um so we're just gonna have a a, a bit of a chat about the uh, the ravens season uh, for 2020 if, if we ever get one how you doing ben i'm very well adam thank you how are you yeah, I'm doing well, thanks. And I, I guess doing prep for this and uh, and also just starting to talk a bit of uh, Ravens football, it's it's bringing up great memories from last year. But equally, there's there's a there's a lot of pain, a lot of pain and unfinished business. Do you do you think there's um, some 
uh, lessons that were learned against the the Titans? Yes, to both. In short, I think yeah, but having <laughs> having to be you have to be optimistic. I think as a as a Ravens fan um, going into this season, I, I, I don't think we've ever known anything really like it as far as um, yeah, having odd. having this uh, explosive an offense and and this well rounded a team. I, I, I've been. You know, following the Ravens since um, well, 2002 or 2001 really was when when I moved. I lived in Baltimore a while, and um, and, and this is you know by far the most balanced team and the most potent team um, that I've ever seen. And it's really weird, frankly, to uh, to watch kind of blowouts more you know more frequently than once a season. Um, so I think uh, you know as far as the Titans game goes, uh, it did expose. The weaknesses of the team. I mean, we came up against a team that was extremely solid in the trenches, uh, and yeah, being at that game, I mean, it was depressing because there was such hype and um, expectation going into it. And I think there was an element of um, underestimating the opponent from the Ravens, but I don't think that's completely fair on the Titans because I think they just completely um, dominated on both offensive and defensive line. I think Derrick Henry, you know, was. Uh, uh, I think the, the thought was that we'd get the job done with the, uh, the, the run the, with the run stuffing line that had shown weaknesses during the season anyway last year, and it was uh, and it was exposed. Yeah, obviously on offense, Lamar didn't have his 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 best day, but again, the, the pressure was was relentless and consistent uh, on him that game. The drops didn't help, and I think we've addressed both of those primarily as far as shoring up the lines, which. Is is as far as stopping runners, you know, it, the additions that we've had uh, as, have, have been absolutely bang on. I mean, I think firstly starting with Derek Wolf, as far as creating some um, some pressure off the edge uh, consistently, and and really he's a proven uh, run run stuffer anyway. Um, we obviously uh, have Calais Campbell, who is not just a, a phenomenal. Uh, lineman and presence in the middle uh, 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 of that line but also he's a proven leader off the field as well so I think we have just adding him not just for the talent that he brings but also his he's the personification of playing like a raven is a fantastic fantastic addition and then obviously big Brandon Williams as well I think teams will be finding it very very difficult to run on us which is I think the primary weakness that was exposed in that game that led to them dominating the clock and getting the win and on the other side of the ball, I think that we've addressed uh, very nicely uh, the receiver position uh, in the draft. Uh, people were getting nervous, but you know, picking up uh, DuVernay, um, who's got great hands, uh, tricky receiver, and then a lot of people... Miles going to improve as well, going into year two, you'd have thought. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry, who's that? Uh, Miles Boykin. Yeah, Boykin. And, you know, obviously people waiting for him to... He did have the occasional flashes of breaking out uh, last year. And, and I think a lot of people have high hopes for him this year. Um, Prochet uh, was a uh, yeah, a low-round pick who's a lot of people absolutely love. And he's, you know, looking at the highlight reel, very exciting. Uh, we've seen, you know, late-round picks come in before and maybe not live up to expectations. But I think he's, again, got the right attitude and certainly he's got the right hands for catching the ball. Um, and between those two, um, I think they had... Or the lowest combined drops in college football last year or something like that. So that's uh, pleasing. And then obviously, you know, Hollywood Brown's just hopefully going to go to the next level. So, and then I was really also happy that basically uh, we, uh, we retained Willie Sneed as well, um, because uh, I, I love Willie Sneed. He's just such a reliable possession receiver that will, has got, you know, it will always get the tough yards for you. He's a tough guy. So it's I really think, 
version yeah. of, of uh, Julian Edelman, isn't he? Yeah. So I think you know, as far as making off-season moves that needed to happen, they were the right ones, and and then all it comes down to ultimately is um, when needed, if needed, can Lamar make the throws that he needs to? It, it doesn't have to be, you know, Drew Brees with his accuracy, but uh, if he, I think you know, no one expected the level of progression from his rookie year. Uh, to last year as far as improvement in the passing game. So, and, and I didn't expect that level of progression. So uh, having doubted him last off season, I'm not going to do it again. Um, <laughs> and I think he will, he will also improve because he does, he just strives to, to achieve and work and win. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm optimistic. You mentioned about uh, shoring up on, on both lines, but there's, there's definitely one potential gap, uh, certainly at right guard with uh, Marshall Yonder retiring. Do you think that could, hurt Lamar's progress going into year three and potentially give teams a, a way to, to start limiting or, or even stopping uh, Jackson's, Jackson? Yeah, it, it can't not hurt when you lose a pro bowler like Yander. I mean, he's been anchoring yeah, that line um, for, uh, it, phenomenally. I mean, he was a, a, a great player and a great character guy as well for the team. And he's a leader as well on, on the offense. So that that is going to hurt. Um, I think that it does help again that we that we drafted well as far as as far as as far as that goes as far as creating uh, competition on the interior. I think we're lucky that we have um, certainly uh, sort of bookending that line two really solid well one perennial sort of virtual pro bowler in, in Ronnie Stanley and then uh, Orlando Brown, Brown Jr. who's you know basically exceeded expectations last season and has really cemented that right tackle spot. So. Having the, the, those two um, sort of bookending the line helps. And then I think if Matt Skura can come back and, and step straight back in at centre, which you know, no one really expected him to do after the horrendous knee injury, but rehab seems to be going at a phenomenal pace. So obviously Camp will, be, will decide whether uh, he can he can take that spot again. But that would be big, I think, if uh, you know, I think there was a, a drop off. I think Makari did a good job last year, but. He wasn't on the level um, that Skura had been performing. So if we can get him, then, you know, it's it's all about competition. And, and we're not, for once, you know, light uh, at, at that. We we actually have, you know, some guys that, um, yeah, Makari himself could actually uh, compete for guard. You've got, um, and obviously bringing in uh, DJ Fluker as well, uh, who could also be a sort of swing tackle. Uh, ben Powers could, could have a go. I mean, obviously Ty Phillips as well, more developmental, but... And then, and then Ben Bredesen as well. They they all could be competing. Um, it is, you're basically going to have five guys competing for two spots that have, uh, to a varying degree, a realistic a shot of, of, of achieving that um, uh, in camp. So uh, I think, you know, we'll, uh, we, we have the, the guys on that interior as well who have the ability to be, to be athletic um, and move, uh, not just be powerful, but move with the speed that's required uh, for our offense. So, I'm I'm concerned because Yander's dropped off and uh, has retired, but I'm not as concerned as I was before the draft. What do you think about? Uh, I mean, you probably might well have seen me uh, in uh, one of the Ravens fan groups being quite outspoken in the fact that they didn't uh, address edge pressure at all in the in the draft. And do you, do you think that's a weakness that that could be a bit exposed uh, in the the season? And it looks like they're not going to uh, pick up uh, Judon longer term, but so he'll play under the franchise tag. But uh, mm-hmm. it, it, they could be potentially weak there. Yeah, well, I mean, we've still got Judon for the year, so that that does help. And I think, as I mentioned before, I think Wolf can bring some pressure as well uh, from the uh, from the end of the line. I think we need. Yes, I think I think that is. I mean, you, you can't. Um, 
replicate the or or, or substitute the, the value uh, that uh, that a natural pass rush can bring without having to. I mean, obviously we blitzed quite a bit last year, but 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 if you can create that pressure without having to do so, then that's obviously huge. I think guys like I mean, Titus Bowser was showing real glimpses last year, and, and I think uh, if we can get a, a step up from him uh, to where he I think he can be, he could have a big year and. Yeah, I, th- I think yeah, the, the fact that we've actually upgraded as well at linebacker uh, with the with, yeah. with the two rookies, especially with you know Patrick Queen, but even Malik Harrison, who's uh, shouldn't he won't be getting too many reps early on, but uh, he's a guy who's uh, capable of bringing it, as is Jalen Ferguson and guys like that. So yeah, I, I, we don't really have the blue chip uh, pass rush outside potentially of Judon, who I'm sure will be playing his butt off again because he's under the tag uh, to try and secure that long-term contract either with us or somewhere else. But I do think with the strengthening at the linebacker position, we do also have the, the personnel to, um, yeah, uh, to, shift to compensate. Around. Yeah, to shift it around. And yeah, not forgetting that we do also have some fairly athletic, explosive secondary guys that, that can come in and be very effective on the blitz as well. So um, it, it's, it's tough to not get too excited about uh, the team this year because I think it's it's you know we've really only lost one key starter from last year and and really added a lot of depth in in key positions so it's difficult not to get excited about how how well rounded this team is. Definitely, I, I can't help but feel just on the the edge rush bit in particular that they were a couple of picks away from drafting AJ Epinesa and then the the Bills took him from from under our nose but maybe mm-hmm. maybe I'm just completely guessing there. Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough. I mean, yeah, even when you know, guys fall to us, and you think the cost is going to take him, and then he goes completely the opposite direction. <laughs> it's I found it's it's not. It drives you mad if you try to second guess. Firstly, Aussie, and then DeCosta after him. So you know, it's it's. I still have sort of nightmares about the Hayden Hurst pick and what could have been with doing James as well. So, um, <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> But that's it is what it is. I think I think overall it was it was it was a very strong draft. I, 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 we we're not we don't have an abundance of um, of pass rushes outside. You know what we've already talked about. But I think yeah. that we we I think we we have a DC in in Wink Martindale that can can bring pressure from most places. And I think with the strength that we now have uh, of that uh, three man front, that will break down and create holes uh, potentially. Uh, for guys to come off the edge and and get the pressure that we need, so um, yeah, I, th- I think I think we'll be okay. And on on the other side of the ball, the backfield's got even stronger with the addition of J.K. Dobbins. Do you reckon he's he could be the uh, the permanent starter from the end of the season? Obviously, injury could could affect it, but but just form wise. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing not to love about him, really, is there? It's it's he's, he's a phenomenal athlete, has it all, shifty kind of bit Ray Ricey I suppose three down back and can kind of do it all and, and you can't I mean it's a basically a blue chip running back that can start straight away certainly rotation with Ingram uh, he, he can he can spot for Ingram which has the double benefit of Ingram being fresh going into the the end of the season and the playoffs which he wasn't last year and this is obviously making the assumption that they make the playoffs I'm not you know, taking anything for granted but uh, and I think Dobbins can uh, basically slot straight in and take, you know, from the first couple of games, 10 to 15 reps a game, and uh, of carries, sorry, and um, and go from there. But, yeah, there's nothing to suggest that uh, he can't hit the ground running. He's built for the NFL. Not forgetting that we've still got, you know, Gus the Bus 
uh, to relieve them as well. And it's just, you know, I think that's and what's again, what's that. And Justice Hill as well. And Justice, yeah, Justice. I mean, your fourth string back is Justice Hill. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it, it is a hell of a a first a, 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 a sort of was it quad headed monster that we've got there. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's yeah, it's, it's, I can't think of anything as good as this uh, since you know we had the three headed monster with Laurent McLean and and, and Willis McGahey and and and, uh, and all those guys back in the. Yeah. Uh, you know, 2008, yeah, 2008-ish. So, um, yeah, and, and that's obviously key because our whole um, offense is still going to be predicated on uh, certainly on the run-pass option and and a lot of motion, and uh, and and it's all going to start with that. And I think teams are going to have it uh, find it very difficult with Lamar thrown into the mix um, to stop the run game as it did last year. I mean, you can see, you know, at least sort of a five-yard five-yard average um, per carry again. Uh, this season and that's before you take into account the upgrades at receiver so um, yeah I think um, yeah again I think Ingram might have a bit of a chip on his shoulder about having a, a young upstart um, oh, challenging for, sure. for the starting role and you know you've got to love Ingram's uh, attitude I mean he was arguably after Lamar the star of the offense last year so I can't wait to see this group of running backs um, attack uh, defenses this year. So I guess finally the the only question to ask is what's how can they do? How are they going to do in the division? Can the Steelers compete with Ben Roethlisberger back? And how far do you think they can get in in the playoffs if, if they get there? Of course, I don't want to jinx things. Yeah, I mean, again, yeah, having you follow this, it's, I don't know whether it's like muscle memory, but having followed this team for so long in this division, you never ever rule out the Steelers. And um, I think they're going to, you know, with with a healthy Roethlisberger anyway, um, they're going to provide some competition uh, i think that the steelers realistically i think they're going to return to a winning record this year which they, they obviously i mean i think tomlin did a, a about as good a coaching job as he's ever done in his career with that team last year for what he basically ended up with certainly a quarterback but i think yeah they've they've had a solid draft they filled some holes minka fitzpatrick was a, a fantastic pickup as far as uh, you know shoring up their defense and providing a real leader in the backfield for them so uh, and Roethlisberger, it's about how how motivated he is and uh, and how well his line holds up as well, uh, protecting him because a protected Roethlisberger is very dangerous. So I think yeah they will uh, come back strongly this year. I can see them being uh, maybe around the ten and six, eleven and five mark in the division. And I think the Steelers will probably end up um, second in the division. I think the Ravens will win it again. Um, I don't think um, I think this talk of sixteen and zero is utter nonsense. Forget that. Yeah, it's, uh, really uh, I hate I hate being basically not if, if well once we start being favorites that's when the ravens start doing badly so i'd really yeah i'd prefer it when they're like last year and they fly under the radar and everyone thinks they're going to be around you know the halfway 16th best team in the league um so i think things like 16 and 0 it, it, there's, there's practicalities that come in with that with about <laughs> resting resting players resting you know if, if you get to that point where you're eight, eight, last year <laughs> no exactly if you're eight and nine and oh then you know it's like kind of like well you know um so that can be a bit of a monkey on your back after a while so I think uh, the Ravens will have a strong season I don't think it's out of the question that they could potentially get to around the heady heights of, of I mean last year was 14 and 2 which is the best record that they've ever had ahead of the 13 and 3 back in the uh, 06 so um, yeah. I think 13 and 3 14 and 2 should do it I think obviously they need to uh, do all they can to secure uh, home field it may not be 
as relevant this year because of you know, potentially uh, low or no crowds. But uh, it still helps. I think, you know, if there are some fans, if there's 14,000 in the stadium, uh, that would help anyway. And even to be at home and not have to travel across to our ahead, where potentially it's going to be a lot colder in, in, in January. And I think yeah, the, the realistic aim has to be Super Bowl and win. And that, that's it for the this Right now, the Ravens are in an absolute, excuse the pun, but a purple patch of, of, of both personnel uh, players peaking at the right time and they're not going to hold on to this group forever so I think you know, forget about I think y- y- you have to again as a Ravens fan you never take anything for granted but at the same time having seen last season and the disappointment as well of two straight basically uh, one and done's in the playoffs uh, now's the time to basically take that step and I think if they um, if they beat KC early doors in September that will set a benchmark and you know hopefully uh, they can uh, they can secure the buy get the home field and, and, and make and go all the way. But I think in the in the AFC North, it will be uh, Ravens around about with 14 wins, uh, hopefully, and then uh, then the Steelers and then uh, the Browns and then the Bengals. And I think the Browns will, will come back to be certainly better than they were last year. I still think that they're potentially, a, uh, well, it's the Browns. <laughs> but but uh, <laughs> let's be generous, uh, about, uh, about a year away from, uh, from, from truly competing for the division. But I think they, they, they may end up with, you know, sneaking a winning record a bit around about the nine and seven mark this year. And then I think the Bengals also, I mean, I think that they, they underperformed last year. Uh, they were pretty awful. But, um, but they do have far more talent on the roster than, than that record uh, indicated. And uh, obviously, yeah, Burrow is potentially, a, you know, a star for, for years and years. For sure. They will be. So uh, so I think this division will be, uh, uh, that's the way we like it, it'll be a competitive division. Last year it was a bit embarrassing in, in, in spots, but yeah, I think I think next year it'll be a bit more AFC Northy. And of course, there's the added pressure. Uh, like you, I, I don't like to think ahead of this. So I go back to 2012 when, uh, when the Ravens won the Super Bowl and they were just trying to creep in almost and you're just like, mm-hmm. okay, write us off, write us off. That's, that's exactly what we want. But um, there's the added pressure this season of getting the number one seed because there's only one buy I assume with the extra playoff spot. So the second seed is, is is worthless pretty much. So there's, there's that pressure when, when there are two known good teams in, in the conference. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a good point on the, on the addition of uh, the the two extra teams in the playoffs this year. So yeah, uh, it, it will be on. You make a good point in that, you know, again, this is kind of going back to, I suppose it's more, superstition than anything in that this 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 franchise has always performed better as an underdog and you know, both the Super Bowl wins came as uh, wildcard teams basically yeah. and getting tough wins on the road when it wasn't expected and basically taking that momentum from uh, week 17 into that first week of the playoffs and just riding it through and you know I think the concern as well as what we talked about at the beginning of the conversation which was you know improving where we needed to is getting over that mental hump of um being able to perform after having a week off or two weeks off and and so that's i think that's what they that they have to be in that their hardball needs to get them in that mentality this year that you know the world's against you it's kind of doing the uh whatever you know with, i mean belichick is, is a master at it ferguson and man united was a master at it you know it basically even though they're clearly the dominant team still convincing them that they, they ain't done nothing so i think yeah. um i think that's that's what it's going to come down to is going to be keeping mental as well as as physical superiority over opponents and if they do that then they've got every chance of of winning it all this year 
And, and you're quite right with, uh, obviously, the news last week of Patrick Mahomes' extension. You think Lamar Jackson's only a year younger or a, a year less um, experienced. So his his contract's probably going to be next season. So they, they need, yeah. if they are going to have success in this window, then it needs to be this season and maybe next. Uh, and then it's going to be a very different team. It will be. And, you know, and he's going to, yeah, he's going to be, rightly so, if especially if he achieves a Super Bowl, uh, commanding the most money of any quarterback ever at that point, uh, I'm sure. You know, Mahomes has set the benchmark with that. And the question then goes to, it's, well, it's all going to come down to, you know, how what has happened in the intervening one or two seasons yeah. as to whether it's, it's, it's um, yeah, I, I, again, I, I do trust this front office that they're about the best in the business as far as evaluating talent and, and, and evaluating value for money. I think if they think Lamar's worth it, then they'll find a way of, paying him um yeah my my concern with Lamar is uh, getting to the level where he is I don't think he'll he'll uh, it's really tough to say but I mean Mahomes is a uh, is has got an insane arm and uh no matter how much Lamar yeah, practices I don't think he'll he'll get to that level of um of, 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 of rounded well-rounded as quarterback as Mahomes is but I think Lamar is a better athlete um, and does more amazing things on the ground <laughs> than uh, than than Mahomes. The issue with that is that your legs don't last forever. So I think you know I'd, I'd be leery about giving uh, as much as I love Lamar a ten-year contract. But uh, you know I think you know it would be disrespectful not to. So maybe they could find a way of you know heavily uh, front-loading it and and taking uh, less of a hit on the back end and what have you. Um, but uh, that's a conversation for 2022. So uh, I think at the right. moment I'm just going to sit back and uh, enjoy. Mm-hmm this kind of unique, uh, amazing athlete that we've got, uh, you know, quarterback in this Ravens team. And, you know, having watched, you know, sort of Carl Bowler and Stoney Case and Elvis Gerback, I'll, I'll, I'll take it. So finally, Ben, where, where can uh, our listeners find you? Uh, right. Well, yeah, I mean, as you may, may or may not know, they may have heard of Touchdown Trips, which is a tour company, and I actually own that. Um, and we're based in New York and we do trips to um, NFL games now obviously there's not too many of those looking um, like there's going to be loads of fans this season so it's been a rough uh, off season um, uh, for us as far as trying to plan things but yeah, we do uh, we do a, a, a UK Ravens trip every year which is always fun and we do a few other group ones so yeah if they did want to uh, check us out uh, we're at touchdowntrips.com and we are planning a hell of a lot of good trips certainly in 2021 um, for people to get back in stadiums and uh, after uh, this uh, complete and utter um, horrendous year is behind us uh, for not just not just not just for travel but I think for everyone I think everyone um, you know watching the Premier League we miss uh, fans in stadiums and, and that sort of natural atmosphere that's generated the players will miss it and I think teams like the Ravens will miss the the home field advantage that is generated and certainly the Chiefs will miss it so um, yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to the 2021 season but before that, I'm looking forward to watching the you know this season on on Game Pass, and uh, and if you if anyone wants to find us, we're at uh, touchdowntrips.com. We're on Facebook and Twitter uh, uh, slash touchdowntrips. You finally give me one upside to coronavirus. Arrowhead isn't quite a scarier prospect. I'm loving it, Ben. Yeah, there you go. There's one <laughs> benefit. Looking for the silver lining. So, Shona, what do you think about uh, last season's uh, best team? Not the not the champions, but the best team. I absolutely love the Ravens, possibly because I am obsessed with Lamar Jackson. He is just, I mean, I know he still gets some stick about him. There's, you know, still stories going about about how 
he's more like a running back than he is a quarterback and he's still facing questions as being a pocket passer and I know Jeff Reinbold did a big piece about it um last week but his numbers are just unbelievable um I think he's already projected to pass for 26.5 touchdowns and 3,250 yards a season. Obviously, there's still that thing looming over him that he has lost twice in the playoffs, but that team is just so exciting. And there's just, they're just somebody I really enjoy watching. Um, I think they're pretty much favorites to win the AFC North. I think the Steelers will come in second. Um, and in a division that is arguably, you know, it has a lot of talented roster, rosters on there. And I think they still sit atop them all. Um, but, yeah, I just, I love them. <laughs> I love Lamar. I'm obsessed with him. <laughs> can, can he come to Seattle if, when Russ eventually retires? That would be quite nice. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 too, like Lamar Jackson. And I... Don't get me wrong on what I'm about to say. I think he will be an incredible success uh, and everything he looks like. Um, but his style of play does come with a warning. Mm-hmm. He's he's running so much that you might think he was there running back and he can easily get injured. Um, for example, I mean, it wasn't so injury based, but Vince Young was found out. He got rookie of the year, uh, first rookie to get over 500 yards rushing. Jackson and the Ravens need to be careful with their franchise player um, and one who is going to, you know, following Pat Mahomes' contract, going to be paid very, very handsomely. Uh, And on that, this is this has to be the Ravens year um, because he's going to be paid so well. And they've got some players who will also be due some big contracts. Ronnie Stanley and Orlando Brown, the two tackles, for example. Um, So this really is their window. Um, and they have all the tools to do it. I don't see very many weaknesses um, no. on the back end. You've got Peters, Humphrey and Thomas, uh, and then on you know, a really strong defensive line, which they've just added Calais Campbell to, who's still absolutely fantastic. And then the rookie Patrick Queen, who, you know, he's, he's from LSU, the champions, so he could be fantastic as well. So they're really, really in their window, um, and this has to be the year, don't you think? Oh, I tend to agree. There's a potential, obviously, of... Of, of next year in terms of obviously the uh, he'll be on he'll be on fifth year option and I don't think Mahomes is getting paid that much this season but but yes there's obviously other contracts uh, to go with mm-hmm. um, there's there, there isn't a lot that's been lost but there is one key um, loss in Marshall Yonder uh, at right guard and that could have a big impact on on what the Ravens do just offensively in general. Uh, because obviously they they need a, a strong offensive line to to be able to be so creative um, in the backfield. I think it's the, the yeah. <clears throat> Aside from using losing yonder, the the key retentions were Greg Roman and Don Martindale. I I was sure that at least one of them was going to go, and mm. extremely pleased that that both of them did stay to the. Uh, um, so it really is sort of we've brought the band back together for for one last ride, which seems very odd given that um, Lamar's only going into his third season, and uh, we'll we'll have to see uh, see where they go. What did they do with Yanda? Did uh, it look it looks from their roster like they didn't replace him? They just brought up next man. Is that, is that right? Yeah, it's gonna. They've got Ben Powers in, and 
there's the potential that uh, Patrick McCarry can move across from centre. He uh, he was the one who came in and, and stood in for for Matt Scorer the second half of last season. So obviously he he was talent. He was he was good enough to uh, to perform and 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 lead and be part of a 14 and two team. But there's it, it would be moving across a position and the, there's also a, a couple of other options. Uh, there was uh, a um, Tyro Phillips, who's sat at left guard on the on the on the depth chart, who was drafted, and, and uh, Ben Bredesen. So there are a few options. I wouldn't be surprised if if there's a bit of chopping and changing uh, in. Well, I was going to say preseason, but uh, early in the season to see what the the best combination is. But the the good news is that eighty percent of that line is 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 strong enough. Um, so it's it's just finding that finding that final link. Yeah. But obviously, yonder mm-hmm. is a is a key loss. I think what is going to be interesting to me as well, if they don't win the Super Bowl this year, where does that leave Harbaugh? And because also, like, in my opinion, he was pretty much almost out the door uh, before, until the Flacco got that injury. And then Jackson came in. Jackson basically revived his career in Baltimore, in my opinion. But then, so how, then how does that work if a new coach does come in? And Because I think Lamar and John have this good dynamic is, and have this like really trustworthy relationship like I think Jackson just supposed to be athletic about it um, a couple of weeks ago so that is also into a dynamic I'm quite interested to see going forward what happens post John Harbaugh at the Ravens with Lamar I mean Jackson. I'm, I'm of, of the mindset of Harbaugh has the the job for life <laughs> but, but once he's, he's gone 14 and 2 this season unless there's a, a complete um, train wreck this season. It, it'd be very hard for me to say he he has to go, he, even if it is slightly disappointing. If as as long as they they make the playoffs, you ultimately you can't uh, make these decisions based on on one game. In my view, I, I think Harbour. Th- there's a reason he's been so, so successful, and there's a reason that he's he's been there, uh, and it's tied into the fact that he's been there for for 12 years now. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, there's no point making a rash decision and getting rid of. Probably the the second best coach in and the league behind uh, Bill Belichick, and I think the Ravens yeah. would have really regretted it. And and I'm, I mean they went fourteen and two last season. They'd have really regretted it if they if they had uh, when uh, when Flacco went down. And I, I agree there were a, a lot more than whispers about it at the time. Mm-hmm. Adam, tell me a bit about the how the offense is made up because they play three tight ends at a time. Am, am I right? Which leaves. Not very many receivers. Uh, is, is is that right? What what do they do there? How do they how do they uh, play their their throwing it's game? It's a, a, a bit of a rotation. There's, a, there's definitely uh, two tight two tight end sets, but it, it depends uh, what they're looking to do. Obviously, Nick Boyle's far more of a, a blocking option, and, and Mark Andrews is is more of a pass catching option. They've got rid of uh, of one of them in in Hayden Hurst, um, which was. I mean, for a 25-year-old first-round pick to get a second-round pick back was was definitely worthwhile. Um, but I think that's why it's so key to have someone like Marquise Brown on the on the team as uh, to to stretch the stretch the field. Mean that there is space for for Jackson to to work his magic and and for the running game to to operate. Um, but the, yeah, it does tend to be only one or two uh, receivers at a at a time on the field. And obviously, Miles Boykin. It'll be interesting to see if he can. Uh, step up um but you do have uh, uh willie sneed for for what for obvious pass catching options as a sort of uh julian julian edelman like mold obviously not not nearly as good but uh, just that that reliable option is there as a, almost a, 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 a quasi tight end i guess 
do, do they play sort of your classic sort of receiving game or, or is there's more scheming people open like the Rams do? I think it's more a, a, a burn them and get them open uh, that way, beating them by physical trait rather, rather than uh, anything. There's definitely um, room for growth from Marquise Brown. And obviously he was he was a rookie last year, so it's yeah you can't expect him to be um, just going like that. But it's uh, but he's he's definitely shown a lot of um, potential. And, and when I don't know if you guys remember remember um, uh, Perriman, he's he's a hell of a lot better than the the previous receivers that the Ravens have drafted early in the in the, in few, in the yeah. last few years. Um, I, I would say you mentioned about the the secondary. Just moving to the other side of the ball, you've got um, <clears throat> yeah, the, the, there's a lot of. Uh, yeah, I would say moving to the secondary, there's there's obviously a lot of talent. Tony Jefferson's left, but he was replaced admirably by Chuck Clark last season, so there was no point picking up Jefferson's contract. But the return of Tavon Young adds even more strength to that. He didn't play at all last season, uh, and he's a, he's another option at, at cornerback. I uh, I wanted more um, the the Ravens to go after a, a, a pass rusher in, in the draft, at particularly high up. Um, which it, obviously the, the board just didn't fall to them or they were uh, looking at those other things. But with the addition of, of Queen and, and Calais Campbell, I think it opens up Matthew Judon, um, who, who's in another contract here on, on the franchise tag to to be a pass rush um, pass rush threat and, and obviously Jalen Ferguson as well. Of course, they've got your guy, or Thomas uh, Shiner, <laughs> still at safety. You still got it, right? I miss him in Seattle so badly. That was such a bad ending. (laughs) Well, that's all for this week's show. Thanks to Freddie and Ben for speaking with us. As always, we'd love to hear your thoughts on on what we've discussed. And of course, any feedback you may have. You can tweet us at 99yards. Thanks for listening. A little flexibility can go a long way. By refinancing your newer used auto loan with PenFed, you can lower your monthly payments for more flexibility in your budget. You can even schedule your first payment for up to 60 days from the date of your refinance. Calculate how much you could save at PenFed.org slash autorefi or call 1-800-247-5626 to apply. Membership is open to everyone. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. A little flexibility can go a long way. By refinancing your newer used auto loan with PenFed, you can lower your monthly payments for more flexibility in your budget. You can even schedule your first payment for up to 60 days from the date of your refinance. Calculate how much you could save at PenFed.org slash autorefi or call 1-800-247-5626 to apply. Membership is open to everyone. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA.